let's jump into our, our series uh, that we started a couple of weeks ago, Faith Boosters, uh, and today, Providential Relationships. There was a study done by uh, North Point Church in, uh, in Atlanta, Georgia. This is the church that Andy Stanley preaches, where Andy Stanley preaches. If you're not familiar with Andy, you might be familiar with his father, Charles Stanley. Listen, he always says that. Um, in, uh, in this study at North Point Church, they, they sought to figure out what key ingredients, what key factors, key experiences are involved in helping a Christian's faith grow. Uh, the study found that consistently there were five behaviors or practices, experiences, um, that uh, we'll call them catalysts, catalysts, that people credited for helping their faith grow. And it, these five seem to always come to the top in, in this survey. And interestingly, other groups uh, have been surveyed at other churches and at other events and groups. And when asked the, the, the same thing, to identify things in your life that help your faith grow stronger, these same five always come to the top. Uh, they, they always seem to be listed. So these are the five faith boosters that we are talking about during this series. Now, it is not a list that you, you can turn to in the Bible. Or there's the list of five catalysts, faith booster catalysts. It's not, it's not a list that you find in the Bible. It's simply a list of things that people have observed or testified to uh, that, that are instrumental, that, that can help us grow our faith. And so the first one last week was uh, practical teaching. Uh, when we hear the words of God, as Jesus said, when you hear the words of God in, in the Bible, and then we put them into practice, you have, have to have both of them, your faith will grow. Your faith will grow. Practical teaching. Practical meaning putting it into practice. And this morning, our second faith booster um, that can make our faith stronger is, we'll call it provisional relationships. Provi provisional Excuse me, providential. Let's go with providential. Providential relationships. I've, once it was my brain locks in on provisional, then it's there. So I have to switch it out. Providential relationships. That makes more sense, doesn't it? All right, Matthew 5, verse 16, Jesus said that, In the same way, let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Now, this is a statement that Jesus made in his sermon that uh, we read in Matthew chapters 5 through 7, and we call this sermon often the Sermon on the Mount because he was kind of up on a hill when he preached the sermon, so we call it the Sermon on the Mount. We're studying that, by the way, on Wednesday night, so this Wednesday night we'll have another lesson from Matthew 5 through 7. So come out and enjoy the meal, and uh, let's study God's Word together. As followers of Jesus, you and I, as, as we look at this passage here, you and I are called by Jesus to let others see what we do. Let your light shine. Let others see what you do. Uh, and because of what they see, they will in turn give glory to God and their faith will grow by observing what we do when we let our light shine. The, the only way that that's going to happen is if our faith is strong. Uh, people who, who uh, have weak faith uh, often struggle shining their light. Uh, because their deeds just don't reflect Jesus. And the only way we shine our light is if our, our lives reflect Jesus. Um, people with weak faith tend to give in to the flesh. 
um, uh, by regularly losing their temper or, or being untruthful or being greedy or self-centered. A weak faith uh, struggles to be a peacemaker. Um, a weak faith struggles with patience, uh, having a pure mind. Uh, a weak faith struggles to put trust in God. And so as a result, um, with a weak faith, uh, we often live in fear of tomorrow because we just don't put our trust in God. And so a person with weak faith generally is not someone whose deeds lead other people to give glory to God. In fact, the opposite of that is true. A weak faith can drive people away from God. You know, if, if, if you don't trust in God, then why should I? You know, if that's the way a Christian uh, behaves, then I don't want anything to do with this. You know, one of the greatest influences on our, our, a person's faith can be someone else's faith. A weak faith does little to draw a person to Christ, but a strong faith certainly can draw others to Christ. And, and often by, by the providence, not the provision, but the providence of God, people come into our lives that can help move our faith to the next level. You know, I would imagine that, that many, if not most of us here today, or those of you who are watching on, on Facebook, can identify a person or persons in your life that helped you grow in your faith, uh, that, that were a catalyst in your, in your spiritual life, like a parent or a grandparent or a Christian teacher that you had or a Christian coach, uh, a minister or a youth minister, a friend at work or, or a church or that you just know uh, in your life. Someone who, because of the way their light shined for Jesus in their lives, uh, and the relationship that, that you had with them, that helped your light shine brighter. Now, without a doubt for me, the per that person in my life was my wife, Jackie. Uh, my, my parents taught me about Jesus. Uh, they certainly modeled Christ, how to be Christ-like for me in their life. I learned so many life lessons from my mom and dad, uh, how to be like Jesus from them how to be honest, uh, to love my neighbor, to be kind and gentle, to, to be a peacemaker, uh, to make church a priority in my life. With, without my mom and dad, I, I may not be a follower of Jesus today uh, if they had not modeled it for me. But like many kids, you know, when, when you began to test your independence and uh, you prepare to enter adulthood, you know, the last thing in the world I wanted to do was to listen to my parents and be like them. <laughs> I intentionally ran away from that at, at a certain time in, in my teen years. Uh, when I was a junior and senior in high school, uh, I was much more interested in being like my peers than my parents. And, and during the last two years of high school, uh, I, I was not doing a very good job of letting my light shine for Jesus. Uh, I was enjoying the party life and, and indulging in things that I knew I shouldn't be indulging in, but I was enjoying it. My senior year, I was accepted at Appalachian State University in Boone. And man, I was looking forward to moving far away from home and, uh, and enjoying more freedom and, and the college party life that you, know, you, you always hear about. 
But before I went to out west to a secular university, uh, my dad encouraged me to attend Bible college for one year. Uh, you know, one of the recruiting tactics of Roanoke Bible College, which is now Mid-Atlantic Christian University, uh, one of the recruiting ta tactics of RBC back then was to challenge kids to come to Bible college for one year, just one year. Before you go off to secular university or, or start your career, come to Bible college for one year. It's, get your, your, your spiritual foundation solid before you go out and face the world. That was, that was their, their call to kids. Now, while that probably was one reason they, they encourage you to come for one year, you know, another reason was, I know, and they knew, if you come for one year, there's a good chance you'll stay for four. And that often happened. That often happened. So my dad wanted me to go for one year, and I, I don't think he cared whether I went one or four. Uh, so, but I agreed. Okay, I'll go, I'll go to RBC for one year. But I remember, I remember thinking, I remember thinking, your, your RBC, your little trick's not going to work for me. Yeah, it's not going to work for me. It's one year, and that's it. And then I'm off to Appalachian State and the party life. That's what I'm going to do. Well, little did I know that God had something else in mind for me, and it wasn't four years of Bible college. No, it was, it was uh, a young lady, a young girl named Jackie Steins. That's what he had in mind for me. During those first few weeks at RBC, some, some of us RBC students learned that the local church in town was having a skate party up in Virginia Beach. And, and we all decided, let's go, let's go, let's go. There were several high school girls that were going to be there. And, and, and of course, that was a good reason to go skating. So during the skating event, the announcer called out for ladies' choice. That meant that the, the, the girls could ask a guy to skate to some slow romantic song. I don't know. You remember what the song was? I don't remember. Um, Jackie asked me, and we went round and round the rink together during that song, and then we spent the rest of our lives going round and round together. <laughs> One thing led to another and uh, after that skate party, and we began to date. And it didn't take me long to realize that Jackie was very good at letting her light shine. For Jesus. She was not a partier, and uh, she wanted nothing to do with it. And I quickly realized that if I wanted to be a part of Jackie's life, I had to abandon those things in my life, and I needed to straighten up. At first, I did it so I could be with her. <laughs> that was my motivation. But soon, after I was able to see things more clearly, I realized how foolish and potentially destructive that lifestyle was. Jackie showed me by her example and by her words that a life dedicated to Jesus was so much more fulfilling than anything this world offers. And I could still even have fun and it was exciting. <laughs> With Jackie's help, my outlook on life completely turned around. Now, I did not, I did not go to Appalachian State uh, but I also did not go to RBC for four years either. Now, their little trick didn't work for me. <laughs> no, I got married, and I joined the Air Force for seven years, and then I went back to Bible college and finished my degree. I showed them. I showed them. 
I've often wondered where I would be if God had not placed Jackie in my life. Isn't it amazing the difference one person can make in your life? Today there are 7.5 billion people, I'm told, on this earth. On a global basis, most of those 7.5 billion remain obscure to the world. We'll never never hear about them. We'll never know their names. Most people are are only known just to a small group of people, just a circle of influence, maybe their family or at work or at church. But throughout history, there have been some uh, who have become known to the entire world because of something they did. Somebody like Alexander the Great. We've all Most of us probably, if not all of us, have heard of Alexander the Great. Maybe you don't know what he did, but you've heard that name before. Um, This guy reshaped the world as you and I know it. He formed an empire over 2,300 years ago, and he died at age 32. That was a long time ago, and he was very young. But his influence is still seen in the way we think, the way we do politics. He, He created the Western culture. Basically, he was a pivotal person, that one man. We've all heard of him. How about jo- Johannes Gutenberg? What did he do? The printing press. Uh, Gutenberg created or invented the printing press. You know, before Gutenberg, uh, if you wanted any kind of document, it had to be hand-copied by somebody, by some scribe. Uh, and because of that, there was, there was very few Uh, books and things that people could put their hands on. And so, as a result, most people in the world were illiterate. They could not read. They had to depend on somebody else to tell them what to do. And they couldn't learn for themselves. They couldn't investigate. Um, But after Gutenberg, then books could be printed. And you could get your hands on a book or a Bible. And you could read it for yourself. And more and more people began to learn to read and become educated. The world changed because of Johann Gutenberg. We've heard of him. How about Dr. Martin Luther King Jr.? Who in America has not heard of Martin Luther King? Uh, we, cele- celebrated his, we celebrate his legacy in the civil rights movement in the 50s and 60s. A, a pivotal person who sought to bring equality to the people of our country, no matter what your race or your color. Bill Gates and uh, Steve Jobs. We probably heard, many of us have heard of him. Imagine a world without personal computers and smartphones. Probably be a much better world, wouldn't it, uh, if, if that were the case. But, you know, we, they, those two things have impacted our life, haven't they? Uh, and, and we know those two men because of um, the innovation they made in technology. Pivotal people. How about William Shakespeare? We all loved to read that in high school, right? Uh, Michael Jordan, uh, uh, the Beatles. Yeah, just think of there are certain people in history, uh, good or bad, good or bad, uh, that have have made an impact. Among all the billions of people who have lived, they've made an impact, and everybody's heard of them. Everybody's heard of them. Now, I realize that the chances are very low that any of us are going to be in the history books in 100 years, you know. Uh, People aren't going to read about Mark Willard in in the second grade. They're in history, history class. Um, I realize that, but that's not my point. My point is My point is this, in order for this message today to mean anything to any of us, we've got to realize that one person can make a huge difference, a huge difference. And it doesn't have to be a worldwide difference. It can just be a difference in your life or my life, like Jackie was for mine. You know, when it comes to your faith, 
providential relationships are usually those people that come into your life and stimulate growth in your spiritual walk with God. You know, during a season of life, uh, you, you, they walk with you, they encourage you, they teach you, maybe they correct you. Certainly, Jackie did that some for me that, that helped. God designed life to be lived in community uh, with other people. God never saw us to be alone and, and wanted that to be. We go back to the beginning with Adam and Eve. God quickly saw that after he created Adam, Adam needs a companion. He needs somebody to be with him. He doesn't need to be alone. Hanging out with the lions and the antelopes, you know, uh, that, that's okay for a little while, but you can't have a conversation with an antelope. You know, you, maybe you can talk to them, but they, they can't talk with you. You can't experience a, a sunset uh, with, a, with, an, with an antelope or, or have a loving relationship with a lion. Uh, you, you know, God saw that, that Adam needed someone uh, to, to be a companion, to, to have children together, uh, someone to help him get organized. <laughs> we all need that, don't we? I sure, I sure do. So God created Eve to be Adam's companion and saw that man and woman need people in their lives to help them. He does not intend for us to live and to worship and serve him alone. So in the New Testament, the phrase one another is used a hundred times. When the Bible letters and the history of God's church, you know, we see uh, directions that are saturated with this idea that Christians live and grow in faith, not by themselves, but together, encouraging each other as they walk. Listen to the encouragement that Titus gave to his readers on the island of Crete, Titus 2, 3 through 7. Teach the older women to be reverent in the way they live, not to be slanderers or addicted to much wine, but to teach what is good. Then they can urge the younger women to love their husbands and children, to be self-controlled and pure, to be busy at home, to be kind and be subject to their husbands so that no one will malign the word of God. Similarly, encourage the young men to be self-controlled in everything. Set them an example by doing what is good. Remember, we talked about the Titus back during our short letters series a few weeks ago. Uh, and there, Titus calls older men and older women to mentor younger men and younger women to live godly lives. Mentor them to live godly lives by their example and by their words. Uh, but, but even more than just by their example, by their words, uh, do this as, as, as being done in a relationship with them. You know, the, the most effective way a person can make a difference in someone's spiritual life is through a relationship with them. The Bible talks about this often in passages like Proverbs 27, verse 17. As iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. Proverbs 13, 20. Walk with the wise and become wise. For a companion of fools suffers harm. Now, I wouldn't say that my friends in high school were fools, <laughs> but, you know, we often encourage each other to act foolishly. On the other hand, Jackie, wise beyond her years, helped me see how foolish 
uh, my ways were, and her wisdom made me wiser. Show me a person whose faith is big, someone who trusts God, who is, who is confident in life because of their relationship with God, and I'll show you a person who's had someone walk beside them and spur them on to grow. Let me ask you this. Do you have someone who is currently or regularly, personally, helping you grow in your faith? Now, I'll admit that this one's more difficult than what we talked about last week, practical teaching. You know, you can just decide to do practical teaching. You can just pick up the Bible and you can read it and you can decide to put those things into practice in your life. But it's a little harder to just do a providential relationship. Uh, you know, you can't force somebody to be in a relationship with you. You're my friend from now on. Uh, but, you know, we can take action to help a relationship develop because relationships don't just happen like that. They develop the more you get to know someone. One of the things we can do, actions we can take, is we can pray about it. We can pray. We can pray for providential relationships. You know, if you desire people in your life who could help your faith grow, make a habit of praying for it. You know, we pray about a lot of things, right? We pray for our needs, and we pray for the weather, and we pray for those who are sick. Um, uh, why, why not pray for God to lead, send someone in your life that can help your faith grow? Lord, uh, I, I need to be discipled. Please send someone in my life that can help me learn and grow in, in my walk with you. Discipleship discipleship. That's, that's the churchy word for what we're talking about this morning uh, that we, we could also call providential relationships. You know, we all need someone to look up to. You know, there's always someone that's a little wiser than us in, in whatever area uh, we're, we're venturing into. Someone, we need someone to seek wisdom from because we don't know everything, right? I certainly don't. The Bible calls that discipleship when it comes to spiritual things. God calls Christians to go and make disciples or disciple people, uh, make disciples of Jesus. And, and if you've lost connection with someone to help mentor you or point you towards Jesus, it's okay to pray to God and say, God, I, I need some help. Would you please lead me to someone that can help me grow in my faith? Uh, and, and discipleship is, is more than just helping someone become saved. Uh, you know, we, we want to do that. We want to reach and share the gospel with people. But a lot of times what happens is, is we, someone, we, we lead someone to Christ and then we just kind of forget about them. And then they're, they're an infant in Christ and, and they stay an infant. And then sometimes because they don't grow, they, they fall away. And so uh, it's more than just leading someone to Christ, but it's, it's helping them to then grow in their faith. We all need that. So pray, you know, pray, start praying, God, I want my faith to grow so I can honor you. Please send people in my life to teach me. Be bold, Lord, give me the strength to go ask someone for help, you know. Maybe somebody, maybe people don't realize you need help and you'd like to have some guidance. So go up to someone you trust and, 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 and admire and, and uh, as far as spirituality goes and say, hey, would you, could you help me? Um. And, and then, as you make those kinds of prayers, keep your eyes open for a person to be led providentially into your life by God. Because God honors prayer. He answers prayers about other things. Why wouldn't he answer that prayer? Another thing you could do is schedule intentional time with people. 
You know, the second goal is possibly more crucial. As we see these types of people come into our lives that we think might could help us, uh, schedule time with them. You know, business leaders do that all the time, don't they? Those of you who've been in business, you, you, you seek out a mentor that can help you grow your business or be better at your business, and then you schedule time to sit with them and visit with them or go to a seminar and listen to them speak and teach. Uh, maybe you had a tutor in school to help your grades be bumped up to the next level so you could, so you could do better in school. Maybe you took piano lessons or uh, had an apprenticeship with someone at someone in your life. You, you set up time with someone to learn. It's a discipline that you do. It's a dis- that's one thing you can, an action you can take. Um, and by the way, the word disciple shares the same root idea as the word discipline. Uh, it's something we do, it, and it takes work, but it can be done. So ask someone, can, hey, could we meet and talk? Uh, I'm, I'm really, I want to grow in my faith. Could, could we sit down and talk? Uh, could we study the Bible together, me and you? Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24 and 25, the Hebrew writer writes, And let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging each other, and all the more as you see the day approaching. You know, a lot of times when we look at that verse, we think the Sunday service, you know, don't give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, and we think, oh, well, that's the the assembly on Sunday. And yeah, yeah, that applies to, to that, of course, but it could also apply to any meeting together, even one on one discipleship of learning and growing with someone that you want to to lead you along. So schedule intentional time with people. Thirdly, become a providential person for someone else. Again, from the passage we read earlier, Matthew 5, 16, in the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. You can make a difference in someone else's life by the way your light shines. Uh, you can become the pivotal, you, you and I, we could become the pivotal person for someone in their life. Uh, but more, more directly, Jesus himself instructs us to, to get into the lives of people and, and lead them to him. That's, Jesus calls us to do that. And we call that the Great Commission. Uh, Matthew 28, 18 through 20, uh, Jesus said to the disciples just before he, he ascended into heaven, which, and he also says it to all Christians, Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. You know, making disciples is is not a a deed that we just do to look good to God, you know. Uh, I'm I'm checking the box, Lord, I'm discipling. or to get some extra reward in heaven, which hopefully we'll, that, that'll be true too. You know, I, I think it helps to see that making disciples is when we volunteer ourselves to be a, a providential relationship to someone because we just want to see them grow in their faith. So ask God to lead you to someone uh, uh, that needs a boost in their faith. You know, maybe you have a friend at work. Uh, or a friend at the gym that you work out with each day, or somebody you know on Facebook uh, that 
that you think might want to, to either know about Christ or, or grow in Christ. And you could share the, the Bible together and, and, and you're, you could walk together. Ask them if they, they might be interested. Hey, you want to meet for coffee once a week uh, to, to just have a Bible study? Maybe we could pray together or something. We'd probably be surprised how many would love to do that. Maybe uh, fear of rejection might be or what would keep us from it, but if, especially if it's a friend of yours, someone you have a relationship with, we'd probably be surprised how many would love to do that. And, and the other surprise would likely be that as we encourage them in their faith, guess what? Our faith grows too as we work together. Sometimes we try to make something like this some kind of a church program. Okay, we're gathering on Tuesday night for discipleship. We're going to go disciple people. And maybe that can be helpful sometimes. But you know what? The most effective way to disciple someone is when we just decide to do it. Not because of a program, but we just decide to do it as an individual Christian. You know, I need to grow in my faith. Would you help me? Would you help me? Or would you be interested in studying the Bible together? Back last year in uh, March, April, and May of 2020, uh, you may remember we, we, we did the series Eats with Sinners, and uh, this was a, a book that we were reading by Aaron Chambers um, that talked about how Jesus loved people. You know, Jesus, uh, if you were a lost person, Jesus didn't go up to you and hit you over the head with a scroll and say, you need to follow God. Uh, no, he, he met them where they were, and he sat and ate with them and, and, and got to know them and, and showed them that he loved them. We met he met somebody at a well or along the road, and, and, and they could tell that he loved them. And then he would share the message of God with them. And so from that, uh, we, we did a series of 12 sermons that, that talked about how we can have intentional relationships with people uh, with the express purpose of, I'm gonna de- I want to develop a relationship with this person in my life um, so that when the time is right, uh, after... They know that I care. Um, I can share the message of Jesus with them. Uh, And so that was the encouragement. Now, the problem with that series was uh, we started it like the Sunday before the shutdown. Uh, And then it was the second or third message. I think it was the second message. uh, In that series, we were all shut down. The churches closed down. We only had Facebook. We couldn't go out and eat. We couldn't go visit somebody. They couldn't come visit us. We couldn't go have coffee with somebody. You know, uh, and, and so it was... You know, I almost wished we had just waited till after COVID, but who, know, who knew how long COVID was going to wait, right? It was just two weeks, flatten the curve. And now it went on for months, and I think we were on Facebook only for 12 weeks. Um, and, you know, but each week, you might remember, I would say, uh, and this is what we need to do. We need to establish intentional relationships. Now, I realize that's going to be difficult right now during COVID, and it was. It was almost impossible to go out and establish relationships with people during the shutdowns. And so I, I'm, I'm afraid what happened after that series, I just thought it was a great topic to talk about. I'm afraid what happened during that series was, you know, we just forgot about it all, you know. And it's, that was way, it was over a year ago. I don't even remember what we talked about. Um, so here's what I want all of us to do. I'm going to do it. And I want you to do it too. Um, let's go review that series again. You can find all the sermons on our church, faith, our church website, you go to the Stony Brook website, just click on sermons at the top, and you can find past sermons, and you scroll down, 
until you get to the Eats with Sinners series, and it starts with an introduction sermon. Uh, I want to encourage all of us to go back and listen to those messages again, because now that COVID's, you know, we're not so restricted anymore, and we can establish relationships better, let's go back and, and revisit that with, with an intention, all right, now we can do it. Now we can do it. So that would be my first challenge for you today. And the second challenge is this. You know, that was about reaching out to people who are lost, developing an intentional relationship with someone who doesn't know Jesus so that you can share Christ with them. But, you know, we can also establish intentional relationships with those who are saved. And that's what discipleship is. That's what providential relationships are. And that's meeting people who, who are, are already Christians, but they just need to grow. We, and we all are there. We all need to grow. And so that would be the second challenge. Let's, let's, let's seek to make intentional relationships with someone in our life that's lost, but also let's seek to make an intentional relationship with someone who, who just needs to grow in their faith. Let's take on those two challenges and seek to be a, uh, have a providential relationship with someone in our lives or seek out one in our lives. Let's pray. Father, I thank you so much for uh, your call for us to go and to make disciples. Um, and sometimes, Lord, we just kind of get, uh, we kind of get set on, um, uh, on just be, being where we are and not growing and, and we don't think about others and where they are in their life. Um, but help us to, to think about each other and think about ourselves. How can I grow? How can someone that I know that, that I, that I admire because of their walk with you, how can we get together? How can we grow in our faith together? So help us to seek to disciple people around us uh, so we can all be stronger. Uh, we thank you so much, Father, for the opportunity we have to reach out to those who are lost and help us to seek to make intentional relationships uh, for, with them as well so we can share the message of Jesus uh, who they so desperately need. Thank you, Father, uh, for these reminders, and we ask all this in Jesus' name.